You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. This episode of the Live Different Podcast is sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, our travel community for young people. If you're sick of sitting in front of your desk and waiting for your friends to do something awesome, come and travel with us instead. We go to all sorts of amazing places, including Costa Rica, Belize, Iceland, Ireland, Machu Picchu, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Bali, probably other places that I can't even remember that we go to right now. Uh, Come and check it out. And if you mention the Live Different podcast and promo code M-A-T-T, Matt, I am one of the co-founders, and that will earn you $100 off your next booking if you book by June 1st, 2015. So come and check us out, under30experiences.com. All right, what's up, guys? It is Matt Wilson joining you at the moment from Key West, Florida, with my lovely, not always that <laughs> handsome co-founder a rough of start. Under Thirty. This is the first podcast ever. I got it. We got to kick it off. Under Thirty <laughs> CEO and Under Thirty Experiences. I don't know what we're gonna call this thing. I'm not really sure. All I know is I think people are going to get a lot of value out of it, but not in your traditional boring interview style. I think we have enough really cool stuff to talk about. Some groundbreaking, some storytelling, some actionable stuff. Um, I mean, look, we've interviewed a lot of awesome people for the last (laughs) six years. Like Some of the world's most successful people on Under 30 CEO for the last six years. I think... We have enough stuff to go off to make this uh, into a really cool podcast. So this is episode one officially. Uh, what's going on, Mr. O'Toole? Not too much. I am so honored to be episode number one. This is this is really exciting here in uh, in Texas. It's very exciting right now. Mm-hmm. Sparkle, why don't you tell everybody about uh, your little move to Austin, Texas, and what brought this all about? And this is not an interview, by the way, because we've known <laughs> each other since fourth grade. But I don't even really know. I mean, why? You might you... find out some things tonight. I don't know either. Like I... we learn a lot. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a scary thought. Um, that, that is very scary. I feel like we learned a lot back in the day um, when, when we did this, whether we meant to or not. And that was uh, that was scary in itself when we were 22 years old. <laughs> All right, forget forget Austin, Texas. We're just going to move on. It's great. I'll ask you about that later. You live there now. Oh, no, no problem. Um, no, no, no. Enough, enough about you. This is, this is going to be about me now. Um, <laughs> what, no, <laughs> what I wanted to say is... Uh, we started under 30 CO with nothing. We've never talked about this. Um, I mean, we have talked about this, but you and I have never talked about this. $150 from India on Elance was our first site. Is that correct? I believe I, I believe that was the amount or something very close to that. Yeah, on Elance. When's the last time we uh, used that? <laughs> uh, not in a very long time because now we know a ton of awesome designers and developers. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, we, we know people now. <laughs> um, okay, actually, let's back that up. What was the first rendition of Under 30? Was it a Ning site? Well, that, was that the very first iteration? Yes. Um, i trying to remember now. Yeah, it was definitely a Ning site when Ning was free, I'd like to say, because I don't think we, we spent our $150 on another project that we worked on <laughs> that summer. Um, and then, yeah, the Ning site for the, uh, the, whole, the whole social network thing, the Entrepreneur Social Network, I guess it was called, or you know, something along that description. God, that, was the, that was when everybody was starting a social network, huh? Yeah, that that was like the cool thing to do. So I think we just kind of jumped on that um, train. Maybe the LinkedIn for entrepreneurs was the idea at first or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm glad that we are not in that business anymore. Um, what did – why did it – I guess – why didn't that work? Let's just, I mean, for a million stupid reasons, right? Like, it's just hard to get critical mass and hard to get – you pull advertisers. Also, we had no money. Uh, there was no business model. Um, right. I mean, Facebook figured it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they did have that 
you know, 100 million users to, uh, to maybe help them out at some point in there. But yeah, we, we didn't really have a clear, a clear def defined business model, I guess, or really what we wanted to do. Remember, we were throwing events, we were doing the social network, we were blogging, there was like all sorts of stuff going on. Um, just to create some buzz, I guess, but none of them actually, like, we didn't really know what they all were supposed to, like, come together and do, I suppose. Well, let's, let's talk about a little dirty word for many years called Factor 77. Still my favorite company ever. Um, so this was, like, after the social network, after, like, the original sites, we were, like, pitching the VCs. Remember, we were going to move to... Scottsdale, Arizona, you were just there this weekend, actually. But remember, we were going to move that, that summer to go get VC money in Arizona. Um, yeah, that was for Brand Frenzy. <laughs> brand Frenzy. That was like a is – there a, is there a site that's like that right now? Uh, Zendesk or there's another one out there. Get Satisfaction. Get Satisfaction, right. That's not worth any money or, <laughs> or anything. I'm glad that didn't work out for us. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. I think they're actually still that site's still around and fairly, fairly decent. Or that could be wrong. I mean, I haven't looked this up. In yeah, years. no, I I think that site is extremely they're, profitable. I was being yeah, they're fantastic. doing something, but they definitely changed since those early days. And that that was like the competition, and like <laughs> yeah, the VCs were being like so. I don't know if you kids um, know this other company, Get Satisfaction, but they already have something pretty good going. <laughs> um, yeah, but the the I think the takeaway from that is we just fucking did it. Like we threw down the hundred fifty bucks. We I remember there was a five hundred dollar check at some point that we traded hands for like more development work, and I don't know who was paying for it. Well, your LLC that we still operate out of was the graduation <laughs> present, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the that was the only thing I wanted for graduation was uh, give me an LLC and I'll figure it out, I suppose. There wasn't really a plan for that either. Dude, that's an awesome graduation present. Like that's if I could if there are any younger listeners, God dude, we're so old. Um, but seriously if there are any younger listeners, yeah we'll Hopefully there are. We have a site called Under Thirty CEO. But seriously, get your parents to buy you LLCs. I mean, that's that's a huge investment in their in their future. Plus, you have some protection from whatever stupid stuff you end up doing. Like <laughs> all the stupid stuff. And no, I think it was kind of motivating too because once you do that, you kind of want to like you want to make it work. You want to be using that. Um, you know, whatever you just created. So I think that was a little bit of a motivator there, even though there wasn't really a purpose to it in the moment. <laughs> I mean, no, for sure. I mean, we started a company and we wrote up an operating agreement and um, that company had a dozen iterations as we're, we're kind of going about telling that right now. Let, okay, back to Factor 77, right? So at one point, we changed under 30 CEO into... Factor 77, because we said, oh, under 30, it's too niche, blah, 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 we're too scared, um, everybody hates the under 30 thing, the, her under 30 name, and they still ask us a million questions, and it's still annoying, and we're coming up on 30, but we changed the name, it was so dumb that we changed the name in the first place, um, I felt like we kind of turned our back on our, our readers, and at the time, right, you think it's... Like, I mean, we, we thought we were smart. Well, we thought we were smart. We also thought we were really cool. I mean, we had a site still with, with, ah, oh, at least over. We were over a hundred thousand uniques at that point that we changed it. So it was kind of like, what the hell are you doing, guys? <laughs> um, you know, you have a very well-read site, and, but what we wanted to do was. We wanted to create like a personal development storefront. Remember that? And we sourced affiliate links from all over and made that little terrible website uh, on our own and pa pasted like bad GIF and JPEG files. Books Remember this site? Yeah. Some like CDs and like we would try to interview all the, the authors or creators of the content and then sell the affiliate um, affiliate links, like all, yeah, all grouped together and 
I guess it was a storefront. I don't know if you can really call it that, but it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, this is what I wanted to get to was that we had the Factor 77 show and we <laughs> sat, well, we had two shows, right? One, so, and this is like really all kind of getting mushed together now uh, in all these stupid decisions that we changed, right? Like every month because we were so broke that we were just trying to make any money online and figure it out. But we had the one show that we did and i believe it was, it was tuesday night damn i thought it was wednesday that's why i texted you and said uh, uh wednesday 8 p.m when we're when we're recording this right now but it was tuesday it was tuesday right and so we'd get a six pack and um or a bottle of whiskey <laughs> or, or yeah a bottle of single malt <laughs> scotch and your your grandfather one time was like because we used to operate this for anybody who doesn't know we used to operate uh uh, our headquarters was, and still is, uh, <laughs> Jared's grandparents' basement um, with the marker board, and all. we'd stay in there till 2, 3 in the morning. Um, anyway, he was like, oh, uh, single malt scotch, huh? a real business expense for you gentlemen. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yep, this is a very productive expense right here. I'm sure it's going to work out just fine. <laughs> yeah, um, but we had two web shows, and one we did on Ustream, um, and I can't remember which came before the other, but for a while we were just doing under 30 CO, and it was the most badass, like the best community building ever, wouldn't you say? I mean, we would just go on. We just learned how to use Twitter. Twitter was just catching on. We were... Honestly, we're like king of, of getting people, like nobody was talking about entrepreneurship on Twitter. And so we were crushing it then, picking up tons of followers. And we'd tweet out, oh, come and join us in this chat room. And they would chat. And we'd have like the same 20 people show up all the time. Um, and we'd sit there and drink and talk about entrepreneurship. And that was awesome, man. Those were the days. I'm pretty sure we were on video in that time, weren't we? Uh, yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> As we're drinking, talking about entrepreneurship, obviously not older than 23. <laughs> no, we need to dig those up. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you like logged into our Ustream account or something, if there just isn't an account with all of that recorded stuff somewhere in there. I've come across weird videos at times, um, my, maybe even on my old computer's hard drive or something, there could be some videos. I don't know where they would be. Uh, can we talk about the Dell desktop that you had? Do you remember that beast? I, I remember the beastly uh, desktop. I mean, I got rid of that pretty quickly, though, for the laptop. But um, Right, but that's where the first under-30 CEO show was ever Oh, yeah, shot. we had to sit. Yeah, we had to sit right in front of it. That's right. And then eventually when I had the laptop, we got to move in front of the marker board. Yeah, well, remember how long it would take to boot up? Yeah. And it had like one of those... Shitty-ass camera? Yeah, well, it didn't have the huge monitor, but it had the, um, I would say, fat monitor. It, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like, you know... Gayhead Elementary School, this is this is totally a reference that nobody else would get unless they grew <laughs> up in Hopewell Junction, but this is where we went to elementary school. But, you know, it's like one of those fat Dell monitors, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was something, yeah, I don't even remember exactly. But, yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was a big thing. It was the day of the desktop, for sure. <laughs> All right, so anyway, we were crushing it with community building back then, and we're talking... We're talking summer of 2008, fall of fall of 2008. That would be yeah, definitely fall and winter because I think the the summer we were still all over the place, but it was the I want to say like October or November of that fall is when we started like the show for the first time. Yeah, and we I don't know why we stopped it. Um, uh, probably because it was a lot of effort and not and, you know and no money. All right, remember how good we got okay and i'll just i'll just say that we were good because i really have no idea what we sounded like at that time but remember we we saw we literally signed a national radio deal remember that i yeah the radio deal holy shit like that's uh that's a throwback yeah there was a radio deal that then got canceled um damn that was weird but yeah that would have been imagine we actually got into that and we were like because we were locked into a contract for it was a while, it, you know, it was like 18 months or something of weekly material. 
that would have been that would have been a whole nother adventure. <laughs> yeah, and it was you know it was with one of those startups like um, Blog Talk Radio. I think that still exists, but like a Blog Talk Radio type startup that was just going to pick up bloggers and make it in make themselves a national radio presence with yeah. all the syndication and I don't know their investment sponsorship or whatever while we bring in some like viewers and stuff like that but all under one yeah one brand or, or something yeah something like that yeah yeah no that would have been that would have been cool and those were like the Gary Vaynerchuk days where he was you know he probably got paid a ton of money to do serious and serious radio and he signed a seven-figure book deal and he was the king of of Ustream. I mean, we were in his shadow, but um, yeah, king of king of Ustream in those days, huh? Oh yeah, we used to, yeah we used to log into those things and see what he was doing to get get viewers and promote stuff and all that. Yeah, we would definitely like look at that to to grow the audience and things. But we followed him a lot back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, can we let's give a shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk? Definitely not listening right now, and I could email <laughs> him, him or AJ or or any of those guys, and just that's just hilarious. Does not uh, remember me at Wine Library in New Jersey on some fateful oh, night dude. that we all we went there to to hang out. <laughs> oh my god, a tweet up. We went to a tweet up at Wine Library. It was a tweet up at Wine Library. Wow, we're just we're getting cooler by the minute here. <laughs> we are going back and they hit tweet up and we cruise down in your explorer. Remember no, that? No, we took the the Ranger. Hmm. No, you drove. It was uh, Jared had a '95 white Explorer, Eddie Bauer edition, tan leather inside. I mean, that thing was no, not tan leather. What the fuck am I talking about? It was just cloth. No, it was mold on the. Remember, it started leaking. <laughs> leaking. It started molding from the. Couldn't ceiling. get rid of the leak. I don't know where it's ever leaking from. God, that must have been the windshield or something. But yeah, sure, it was the windshield, but I wasn't gonna replace that. No, I think you drove down there, but irrelevant. Um, yeah, doesn't matter. But no, man, we were like some of Gary's biggest, uh, biggest fans. Honestly, biggest fans, um, and that we had a very nice presence for ourselves and we could help perpetuate that and he cared um and i've you know i've met him a bunch of times since we went to that tweet up we were kind of like starstruck then but um yeah i play i've played ball with him and not too recently it's been a few years um but yeah i mean well aj his brother and i and the whole vayner media crew put together that Central Park Football League, and then we started playing basketball. And Gary came out a couple times. He's uh, he's a little out, or he was a little out of shape and liked to talk a lot of shit. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and I've seen him at like multiple conferences, and so he definitely recognizes his his fans for sure. Yeah, well, he's always all over the place, but yeah, no, I can see him as being that type of person because uh, that's that's what he built everything off of was being able to do that. No, kind of like Rob, your bartender. Uh, yeah, let, let's go on that. Let's, let's go there for a second. So, <laughs> so, you know, again, shout out to Gary Vanderchuk, right? But then shout out to Rob McGill, owner of Whiskey Tavern, Chinatown, and Phil and Meg and all of the people, Jordan, the bar back. Why do we love that place? Why don't you tell everybody why we love that place and, and try to keep it along the lines, um, of, of community building and what they've actually built at that bar and maybe not talk so much about all of the things that happen late into the evenings. I won't mention the photo booth ever. Mm. Um, but yeah, so no, I mean, they were awesome though. Like I actually don't know the other guys as well as you did. You were the, you were the regular, well, but I um, lived up, I moved, you lived upstairs. <laughs> I moved to that apartment because it was my favorite bar for two years and my best friends lived upstairs. And then I was like, all right, I'm moving in. Yeah. No, <laughs> No alcoholic problems here. <laughs> no, no, no. Perfectly um, normal. But, uh, but no, he was always awesome because from the first day I met him, even though I, I showed up every once in a while, like maybe once a month or, or something like that, um, but he knew my name every time I walked in that door. And every time I walked in that door, he said, what's up to me? I didn't even know his name probably the first five times I went. And he knew mine. And immediately there's a beer and a pickleback shot on the house for me. By name, here you go. Starting the night off, Matt'll be down in twenty minutes. But, uh. <laughs> Dude, and, and 
for, for three years, I basically refused to go anywhere else in New York. And, and granted, it's a scene. And the more I lived there, the more I kind of became a hermit in Chinatown and was just like, I hate New York and all of the, the, the scene, you know, like I could walk to the Lower East Side very easily and go to whatever uh, rooftop or loft or stupid bar that I wanted to and hang out with models and whatever. But I wanted to go downstairs and go to Whiskey's and have a good, like a solid, authentic time. You know, that's what I appreciate about that place. Yeah, well, they were all, everyone was friends. I mean, that was the best part about it. Like, no one was fake or anything. Like, everyone was telling the stories about their, their night before, what they're getting into that night. And they just, had, you know, had a good time working there. And Rob had a great time running it. And he wanted to know people. And it was just... um yeah, you just felt like you were showing up to your friend's bar. <laughs> no, and, and it was. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to stop in. Well, let's let's go when we're both back in New York in a couple weeks. Yeah, let, let's definitely. We need to just arrange a night to do nothing but go to Whiskey Tavern and, I don't even know, find a couch to crash on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, our buddies still live upstairs, so they haven't That's left. That's true. They yeah, have I guess a two-year lease. There still, right? Yeah, they have a whole nother year left on that lease. Um, Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. But, but seriously, that goes back to the community building that, you know, they were, they were real, they were authentic. They truly made an effort. I mean, he was so good with names, and that's such an amazing skill to have. Um, and he was very ho-hum about it. He was, if you ever ask him about business, if you ever ask him about how he's so good with people, he won't tell you. He'll just be like, oh, haha, and like walk away. He's almost, he's almost awkward about it. Um, but I know that he reads psychology books, and I know he knows his shit, and that that place makes a lot of money. Um, but he'll never tell you that. So, um, but it's, it's cool to have, you know, cool to have friends like that. And, you know, we can go there anytime and be treated like family, etc. But that's, you know, those two, what we just talked about, Gary, what we just talked about with whiskey tavern, Baxter street, Chinatown, um, go check it out. <laughs> what we just talked about there, you know, kind of brings us to what we, have always done with under 30 CEO and always done with under 30 experiences. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we, we tried from day one to know, to know the community. I mean, that, that's all we had really. We didn't have money. We didn't have any success, you know, like big success with it or, you know, not financially like raking it in. We had, we made friends and we built friendships and we worked with the community to find out what, what they wanted, what, you know, the next ideas I feel like always came from them in some form. Um, and that was, I mean, really that's all we had to go off of those first few years was the community. And that's what kept us, I think, going without them. I don't know. We probably just would have strangled each other at some point and given up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, um, I'm surprised we haven't strangled each other at some point. No, yeah, just one of us just left the country um, for like four years. <laughs> well, uh, in case anybody doesn't know who the, he's talking about, that would be me. And it's, <laughs> it hasn't been four years yet. It's been, wow, this is, okay, we're into the fourth year. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's yeah, just yeah. over three. Just over three years we've been running under 30 experiences. And um, so... For those not familiar with the story, the inaugural trip was through an under-30 CEO reader offered me this trip to Iceland. Um, actually, offered it, wanted to get publicity through under-30 CEO and said, hey, uh, we want to do this trip to Iceland, run a contest, um, who can who can come to Iceland, explore the effects of climate change on entrepreneurs, businesses in the tourism industry, and, you know, be our spokesperson. I was like, we're not running a contest. I'm going to take this position and I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to run with it. I mean, that's, that's what I said. This is what I proposed. Of course, I didn't, I didn't say it like that, but I was like, hey, yeah, I know someone who would be pretty in line with that. And that was, 
myself, I mean, it just sounded amazing to be able to go. Obviously, it was a free trip to Iceland, but it hit home with uh, all of the things that I love to do. It was like skiing and super jeeping and snowmobiling and climbing on glaciers and hiking under waterfalls and exploring uh, all of the, this volcanic region of Iceland, which, you know, you've been there now. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but that was, that was about three years ago now. And, uh, and it connected me with all of the stuff I mentioned before that I hated New York. I mean, it's not that I didn't hate New York. We had a lot it's not that I hated New York. We had a lot of fun there, and it was a nice stepping stone to figuring out what, for me personally, what I really wanted to do, um, and that was getting connected back with the things that that I loved. Like I didn't ski for a couple of years, you know. Like that was really shitty. I didn't. Um, you know, my outdoor activities were Battery Park. Um, you know, I, as much as I love whiskey tavern uh it'll probably be there for a while and you know i want to be in the mountains or in the ocean or uh exploring you know yeah and i think that is funny how looking back to that trip which at the time was you know you were going on this two-week trip to iceland i was like what you know what the fuck do whatever the hell you want i probably have to walk the dog this afternoon so have fun and i have to pay rent um <laughs> right and like, like like there's no purpose to this trip there was no reason except it was like an opportunity it was cool um but it really in doing so like obviously you didn't go there to like rediscover anything about yourself or necessarily it just sounded fun but you didn't necessarily expect something to come from it besides oh maybe some good content for the blog or whatever um there was a startup conference i think at the same time at the first one so maybe there was like maybe connections to make or something um but it really just doing something random like that obviously sparked a whole you know different adventure that no one saw coming um and even a whole lifestyle change for for you at the end of the day um that you put into place Pretty quickly after that, I think I think that was like I want to say April or May, and then by like you, the summer, you were living in Costa Rica or some shit, or I don't, I don't know. It was pretty quick though the turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember exactly how it went, but I want to back up for a second. Let's let's talk about what we were doing and how we were pushing a half a million uniques on under thirty CEO. I don't want to get into strategies and how to get traffic and all of that. Like you can re you can read that on a million articles on that on under thirty CEO or on any blog at this point. This is why we're into creating unique content and want to go forward with this podcast. Um, but let's talk about what we were doing and why <laughs> why there was still some dissatisfaction there. Do you uh, would you would you feel that way? Some, um, well, the dissatisfaction, I think, for, I mean, first off, we were sitting just behind desks and I remember creating a lot of unfulfilling content, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah. The money was, and the money was just like very average. I mean, we were just barely, barely surviving in New York, creating content we didn't believe in. Um, but we thought that, oh, you know, if you keep doing it, maybe we'll break through Every time, every time we added a hundred thousand uniques, we needed a hundred thousand more type of thing. Um, of course. And it was like, oh, this is great. We have you know a decent sized site right now, but we need a bigger one. You know, we need to do something to double it again or whatever the case was. Um, and that sucked. Like it was just like this never ending game of just like the more un the, like the more unfulfilled the content was for us. I feel like the better it did at times, and it was just kind of. It you know that really like wears on you. This was years of doing that. You know, not like a couple of weeks, like years of just that repetitive um, game of creating big lists and doing whatever. You know, friggin' you know, looking at like a Business Insider and copying like a strategy of to create you know the the stuff. And it was just um yeah, we just kind of like doing our own thing, but not neither one of us was excited about it anymore, which was kind of sad to say. Um, we were more excited doing those shows in our, you know, my friggin' grandma's basement than um, we were at that point when we even, you know, weren't making money back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And there was like that, man, there was so much excitement within the grandma's basement. And then we hit a dip, right? Because then we had that low winter 
where we were just like, what are we doing? Oh, God, we could go <laughs> into that winter. I, I don't know. Should we, should we briefly grit braze over it? Uh, I don't even know. It was just depressing winter. There's nothing exciting in that winter. I was just miserable. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, let's, let's go for it because there's probably a lot of people in that same situation. So we graduated from school and um, we were – we were having the time of our lives in college. Uh, it was expensive as hell. You know, we both spent solid 150 grand on college. Um, my bar was free, though. So, you know. Your bar was free. That was great. Well, my pitchers at, uh, at Parente's Bar and Grill outside of Bryant University um, were six bucks. I do remember the spring break when the, when they came back and they raised them to 650, and we were like, "What the hell?" And then course who got screwed was the bartender because we'd still give seven bucks and they just made half the tip then anyway <laughs> we had the time of our lives right i grant I, I ran this collegiate entrepreneurs organization um you know we'll go quickly because this story is pretty well documented but we we were able to change the uh the culture at our university we were uh, you know i was involved um at so many different levels bring a major minor to the school, um, growing an organization from five people to 150, having Ted Turner, Kenneth Cole, uh, Jack Welch, all these, Bill Rancic, all these crazy speakers come on campus, world's largest elevator pitch competition. I mean, we changed the, the culture of that university, and we were just on fire. We just loved it. We won all these national awards. We loved it, but we were around all these awesome people, which was the point. Um, Everybody was entrepreneurial. Everyone became good friends. Everyone had a really good time. And then we went back to Poughkeepsie. And for those of you guys that don't know, Jared and I are from outside of Poughkeepsie, New York, which is not exactly the entrepreneurial hotbed of the country right now. <laughs> yeah, you could uh, say that the first summer was fun. Like, again, summertime, you can't go wrong. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, I came out of college the same way on uh, – on a big high, but ready to be ready to be done with school, you know, thinking there were bigger things ahead. Um, and then, yeah, ended up back in Poughkeepsie with no one around. Because even a lot of our friends, I mean, there were a few people around, but even friends were still at school. Maybe they were doing grad stuff, or maybe they got jobs that we did not get. Um, and people were just moving all over the place. And yeah, the summertime was, you know, good. We just enjoyed that summer and obviously started working on some ideas. But um that went by pretty quickly, and things uh, things all went downhill as uh, the weather got cold. <laughs> yeah. So long story goes. Uh, uh, long story short, you were selling window. You were selling Anderson windows at the Wappingers Fair. Oh, all sorts. Not even fairs. These were like street markets in Poughkeepsie. I don't even know these things existed. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm surprised you didn't get shot. Um. Me too, but I'm happy. Yeah, it didn't happen, so I'm not happy to say that. <laughs> um, okay, and then I was digging ditches for a landscaping company. Um, and, you know, like, that sucked, right? But it taught us some things. It, uh, we had that long, cold winter instead we, until we started picking up uh, consulting gigs. And we started making real money and people started recognizing the community that we were building and asking us how we did it and um we'd we'd tell them how we did it for money you know yeah definitely and again we had started under 30 ceo at this point the social network but then you know we went into the the, the winter it was just it you know the, the initial buzz of the launch you always get excited when we launch something you know we were all pumped up but that that lasted like a month maybe a month and a half and then you got into just the middle of that winter up there, and I mean, it all was just taxing. It was the same thing every day. I remember, like, you know, it wasn't going out. We weren't hanging out with anybody. We were just kind of, like, in that basement. And, of course, in those early days, there's not even much work to do. I mean, we thought there maybe was, but there really wasn't anything to do. Um, there was a few things to do every day, and then we, again, obviously, like, learned a little bit, but it took took a while to pick up some of that, like, experience and knowledge and all those things before a year, I guess, I guess some of the next steps were the consultant, um, where we actually earned a few dollars 
uh, as everything else was growing, but it was growing slowly. You know, it was, it took time. It took years. Not, um, wasn't an overnight thing to get 500,000 uniques and be somewhere relevant, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, I'm glad that you moved us along cause I was going to tell, uh, I think the expression is self-deprecating stories about, um, times that we did end up going out taking safe ride that winter the terrible hick bars that we showed up to but but we'll, we'll <laughs> but, there was but, a good one i remember that <laughs> um yeah 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 okay let's talk about why we stopped consulting and why that ended up sucking the when did we stop consulting yeah the consulting wow like bringing me back here we had we were doing some of it together, and then we also picked up some like individual things. Yeah, um, a lot of Craigslist, a lot of freelance, a lot of just and yeah, it was all Craigslist, wasn't it? Or I think mine was at least. Yeah, and and absolutely for anybody, I know we're downplaying or we're we're talking down a lot of this stuff because we honestly have our dream business right now, um, and. But that took us a long time. Like we're we're both. This was 20. all learning shit. Like we, yeah. I mean, we learned a ton in these days. It was just in the moment back then. It was kind of brutal. I mean, it was living. I don't even know if we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were living like paycheck with some credit card. <laughs> right, 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 right. Paycheck to pay down the credit card. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's how that's how you you figure it out, um, and. So the consulting, I can remember one of my clients uh, who I absolutely could not stand. Can you, do you remember any client? Did you have a, you, no, no, you didn't have a rapper as a client. Did you have anything that you might want to share? I can't remember, honestly, who your clients were. Um, you had a few clients. I guess I'm not going to, I don't even know if their companies exist still. So I'm not going to, I don't know, even bother with the names. But um, again, one of them was like a social network for another niche group of um people I remember a success network or something which was kind of like what we did except for just a different target and I mean it was it was brutal because this was four years later that they were still trying to do this and it was kind of not you know it was just difficult to get ours started let alone have someone come and do it you know four or five years after the fact um and then there was another like news site that I uh, was, oh yeah dude that was a good gig that was a re you that a really wasn't there. bad at all I mean it it was still tough to make headway like you know I remember like again it was one of those things it was a little more formal and we didn't have necessarily the formal training of presenting like social media plans and things like this so it was tough at times to like you know do it the way they wanted um, but I actually did learn a lot at that job you know it was just like a smart smart guy working for pretty flexible and um a site that I, I think is still up today i think they've gone on to be at least relevant i don't know if they're huge but at least surviving so um that that was a fun one i learned a lot at, at that job even though again didn't last that long but the, still the consultant was never our thing because at the end of the day we were working for someone else and that just wasn't the business we wanted to be in i suppose you know it, exactly we were trading time for money. And again, that was a great gig. That guy had money. He had money to pay you. That's the shitty thing about consulting for startups is most of them don't have money. But you got to the thrill of going to an office in Chelsea and in Manhattan. Um, I remember that. And I, I nailed a, a really good gig with some guys I'm still really good friends with. Or, or It's been a little while since we've, um, we've talked, but I consider them good, good friends. FranchiseHelp.com um, we launched their, their site, their blog. Um, I remember, you know, and at this point we were making a few grand a month through our different channels and we had the under 30 CEO site, which was probably making a few grand a month. And so we were, we were doing okay or just paying off our credit cards or just trying to save up some money so we could get an apartment or I don't really remember. I mean, what exactly was happening, but I do remember one time I got my first, well, I went to Soho to WeWork and anybody who's familiar with the New York scene, that's like the, that's like the best co-working space in New York City and now there's, they're in New York, LA, San Francisco, London, like it's kind of ridiculous. Um, they have five locations in New York, but that was the very first April of, uh, call it 2010, um, 
in Soho, Grand and Lafayette, where they had their first space. And I was there the first month. So it was really cool to see that business grow on the ground floor, um, working with one of the startups in there. But anyway, um, I remember getting that first check and, uh, I think they, you know, maybe they paid me a grand a month, 1500 a month. Um, and I had a couple other clients, but things were real tight. And, uh, I just remember getting that check in my hand and strolling through Soho <laughs> to walk down to the financial district and, uh, walking back to my 39th floor apartment at 20 exchange place and the balling ass roof deck and thinking like, man, I made it. How <laughs> I'm that place. It was so stupid that I lived there. Let's, let's be honest. But, um, we had some good times there and it kind of, we've put our back up against the wall several times. Um, both in like the Anderson window days and in the New York city days. And even through some early days for under 30 experiences, I mean, we rolled the dice. We, we grew aggressively. Um, and it's worked out somehow by like grit and determination, I think. Um, but yeah, man, we, we did it. And that's like, I remember that walk through and I was scared shitless still. Cause I didn't know, you know, I could have got fired the, the next week. I didn't know if I was going to have another check coming. I don't know how the hell they rented, they leased that apartment to me because it's not easy to uh, to fake your income in New York City or whatever I did. I don't even remember. Um, but, yeah, man, that was that was a big moment for us. Yeah, I remember, like, it was the same thing because I think we got some of those gigs at similar times because um, we, uh, we had just moved to the city or whatever and all of a sudden – you know, money became, we needed more of it because just the, forget, forget rent. I mean, it was just going out. It was doing anything. Um, and, and I had that same feeling where for somehow it always worked out where even when one thing ended, um, and again, I guess it was, you know, like you said, it was through just that sheer, I'm going to find a way to make that thousand bucks next month or that 1500. We always landed that, that client just, there wasn't that like month gap. We lose someone and then somehow we'd find someone else and um, be able to pay off whatever we needed to pay off. And, you know, just for me personally, that's how it happened. And um, it was, it was kind of funny. I remember at the time thinking like, how the hell did I just pull that off? Like we, you know, went through dips with, cause even like the website revenue went through dips in those days, a lot of times. And I remember going through dips and somehow having a client, and then as soon as that client's like project was done, um, and the contract was done, we'd be out of the dip with the website, and we'd be off and running, you know, with revenue that way, and I'd be okay with bills. And it just, you know, we were kind of juggling everything at once, but somehow it all worked out. And definitely there was a uh, just some sort of like instinct to just not stop, you know, like never sort of got distracted, like somehow we're going to push through all of this and keep finding whatever we need to find. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you you don't stop when you're so far over your head that you're like... <laughs> we right. were so far over. <laughs> like I'm fucked, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right, in New York, you have to pay... Um, you're supposed to make like 4X of what your rent is. Yeah, so, right. So yeah, so my roommate and I were paying three, I think it was 3,200 a month, but I think we had a rent concession for, th call it three grand a month, 1,500. So if I do my math right, I was supposed to be making six Gs a month. Um, yeah, that wasn't happening, especially in the early days when, when oh. we were there. And it was like, okay, I have a gym and rooftop models and a doorman and a Hudson River views and impressive art deco in the like a, that was an awesome fucking building but um yeah i was living well above my means which i don't suggest to anyone um you don't have to like we could have done a lot of those things oh could have lived at home we could have lived in, <laughs> in queens and split a 500 hundred dollar a month room somewhere but you know you had the you had the cute blonde girlfriend and the the plans for the future 
And, uh, you know, I thought you were going to be in the suburbs. Yeah, hey, while you were walking down with your $1,500 check thinking you had it all figured out, I was thinking the same thing. uh, (laughs) Yeah, man, and and that is stressful as hell, especially when you're in a relationship. Um, That's, yeah, that's not easy when someone else relies on you. So I'm I'm really happy that we did this while we were young. And, you know, I guess uh, (laughs) women came and, came and went um but it is what it is at this point yeah no and it is awesome honestly that we we learned a lot and yeah went through a lot of those things while you know yeah while being relatively young i mean we we still are young but um did that you know really early on i mean there was no no break in there for a few years like it was straight through right out of school so um it is awesome, and yes, people have come and gone, but that's uh, that's kind of part of the game. Just like Factor Seventy Seven and all sorts of other things have come and gone. Figuring out what the hell um, is going to be, you know, is going to set us up the way we want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and by the way, for anybody listening who, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the very early days and what it's like to just struggle, struggle hard. Uh, we're by no means, I don't know, like, I don't want to sit here and talk like we're never going to have financial trouble in the future, but I sure as hell hope that we don't have financial trouble like that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, we far, I mean, yeah, I hear you there, we far from made it, obviously, we have a lot of work ahead of us and a lot of work to do, but that was, I mean, again, that was like, it. there wasn't even income like there was no oh we need to like live in a smaller place or something like at times there literally wasn't income or any sign or knowing when the next check was coming hopefully we have a little more of a foundation these days that will not you know completely disappear overnight but um it uh yeah we still have some work to do (laughs) yeah no of course of course we have work to do but i'm i'm on the same note i'm extremely proud of what we've been able to to build for the last several years and that we do have security and that you know we have money saved and also also that we've got our head out of our ass or at least i'll speak for myself (laughs) personally and say you know now I'm living way, like, you know, I was living way above my means, right? And now I'm living way below my means, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm traveling full time, but I'm traveling on the business, on pre-tax dollars, and, you know, we get paid out of the business, and, um, and that's great and all, but we're able to save that, and... You know that's and that's nice, um, but I'm also have learned along the way like get rid of that stupid fucking apartment or get uh, I, I, move to Texas, <laughs> right? Move to Austin where you can really have a nice place and a nice lifestyle without paying New York City prices for everything. Yeah, and it's it is awesome. Yeah, I mean to say the similar thing and. Uh, not that I couldn't do, you know, exactly what you're doing, but at the same time, I'm happy with my setup. You know, it's just like different, different lifestyles um, to some degree because we, we definitely have that. And that's, that's cool. Again, probably why we don't strangle each other because we aren't both doing the same exact thing in the same place. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, it is an awesome feeling to, like, just be, be happy with stuff. And, again, yeah, not living in anything crazy, not doing anything crazy, but just sort of feeling like we can uh, live a normal lifestyle, I guess, um, at this point, and obviously build and work on something that is, as you said, I mean, I completely agree. Like, I'm humbled every day thinking about it sometimes, even just kind of like what's happening. Um, And we're still in the early days of this, but it's just awesome to see it and to see the community and everything we're doing and whatever, where we're living and then what's happening. It just seems to all be what we want versus... Um, anything besides that, anything that is sort of not, you know, out of place or whatever, we, we get rid of that pretty quickly these days. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, let, let's, let's talk about for, for people who don't exactly know, they've certainly heard where we've come from, but exactly where we are these days. And also you say we're not doing anything crazy. Um, I just want to say we're doing something fucking crazy. 
I mean, tell a normal person. Or are doing something fucking. Okay, I will agree with that because, um, well, like I said, it's I, I, I wake up not I, humbled by like the you know what's happening and everything that's going on, but also just kind of in disbelief because it's um it's one of those weird things like people um I feel like always look to us as I mean you know as we've said like kind of running that dream company or job or whatever it is and sometimes it feels that way I mean I'll be completely brutally honest it does feel that way and when people say that you know I hate hearing that because I, I don't know it's just it's like an awkward thing to hear but at the same time um I absolutely love it <laughs> so I don't know what else to say about it yeah no I completely agree and also I want to point out that we've talked a lot about ourselves and our struggle and blah 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 um but what we do and I, I really do mean this i can't bullshit anybody about this this is about the community this is about under 30 experiences which is our main business right now travel community for young people bringing people on amazing trips all across the world costa rica nicaragua belize brazil uh, Iceland, Ireland, Bali, Peru and Machu Picchu, all of these things are absolutely about the experiences that we provide people on the ground that blow their fucking minds and create, give them lifelong friends and, and you know, a, a lifetime full of memories in these five to seven day trips. And I'm not trying to pitch, but I'm trying to say this is this is for these people and that's why you know it's cool to to mess around for an hour and and bullshit about where we've come and how much we we love it because if it wasn't for the people that it was that are, have come on our trips you know we'd still be i don't know we probably would be strangling each other uh <laughs> from across the country um and i think you know that's very important that that's very important to say because this is totally about the community but for someone who's listening to this who might be an under 30 ceo reader or is trying to figure it out themselves or just in general people who come on our trips are like yeah i get paid but i don't love it um i get two weeks off a year and i spend one of them with you guys the other one with my friends and family what is it i guess my question is you know what is it that made our lives or, or what was that shakedown that kind of led us to design our lives like that where we just kept constantly saying, nah, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. And most people like an older generation would probably fucking yell at us and be like, uh, there was checks coming in every month for consulting, for advertising income, for all, for your events that you used to run, all these different well, ways we settle. made money. Yeah. Love people it. Said, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's doing this or like relationships or whatever it is. Like people, it, it's that whole thing. I mean, we've talked about like the comfort zone a thousand friggin' times. And I mean, I've been in it, like we've all been in it. And um, the best stuff comes from like getting out of that. And we've, I think, gone on, you know, you don't always know what you're looking for, but I think we've gone on to discover things. I mean, you even said with the Iceland thing, the first trip. You didn't go on that to like change your life necessarily, but in many ways it did. But that's just because it was doing something a little bit different that um, opened opened doors and ideas, and even you know reveal stuff that you didn't know about yourself. Um, and I think that's happened to me as well. Whether it's through traveling or moving or whatever breakups and all that shit, like you you just learn things. You continue to learn if you stop learning or you get too comfortable, you know, that's when you stop learning and that's when you just end up being like, all right, well, I don't have any other options. I'm just sort of not happy, but I feel like I have no options because I'm not doing anything to create options. <laughs> I'm just going to just give a throwback to anybody who's been with us for years and years and years. And many people have who probably are listening to this tagline of factor 77 uh, <laughs> never stop learning. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. That that was still that would have made millions. <laughs> Damn, man! I wish we could just end it. That's how we ended every under our Factor Seventy Seven podcast. Well, at uh, least for a few weeks. We might have changed it after a few weeks. Oh, I'm sure we did uh, because we didn't settle. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, we weren't happy with it. We didn't settle. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So where? I guess we've certainly taken 
a walk down memory lane and we can do this several other times. This is this has been fun. Hopefully people got value. I know people have gotten value out of it because this is um I mean it's a cool it's a cool story. But where you want to talk about where we're going just for a couple minutes and kind of I don't know. This is something that we don't talk about that often. Do we know where we're going? <laughs> Not in particular. I mean I do, but I, I don't. I don't know. What um we haven't had a formal goal setting, and I'm not suggesting we need to do this right now. But um, you know, that's, that's funny you bring that up. Like when? I mean, when do you even think? As obviously we've accomplished some things, we're happy with where we're at. We're doing, you know, things are going well. But when's the last time we even had that formal goal setting, or even did anything besides just kind of rolling with you know gut instinct almost on a lot of what's been happening? Um, I feel like that's been the last year almost with uh, under 30 experiences at least. Um, it's just kind of been rolling with, with what feels right more than trying to hit a lot of targets or things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just like a random thought, I guess, but that's kind of how it feels at times. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that that's what you said because I agree and we've been – We've been on the grind and we've been in all different countries and we have been growing the direction that we need to. I actually spent some time doing some personal work with Daniel D. Piazza when he came down with his crew um, from rich20something.com and he ran a private retreat and so I sat in on on the whole thing of course and, and contributed with him. So I, I thought about more personal goals um, but you know, I think we want to keep, for me personally, for under 30 experiences, we've led this amazing life for the last couple of years that have consisted of travel and, um, you know, meeting so many incredible people, building community, being able to create a life that's sustainable for us where we do what we want, when we want, um, you know, with the people that we want, have all these adventures, etc. But... I want to now give these things to other people. And as our team grows, like our team is coming up to close to nine people now. And I'm just excited to see people like Liz, uh, Liz Flores and Courtney Slade and um, you know everybody involved, like, like Dan, who's about to lead this trip in Brazil with me in May. Just seeing all that kind of get paid forward to people, train them how to do it. This is a sustainable model. Let's let's get it going. And um, yeah, I I agree. Let's let's just keep moving forward. I think and give this opportunity to other people. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a that's a good response right there because I, I feel like there's yeah for anyone who wonders like there's no you know for the company and I mean a lot of this stuff there's no goal like there's no piece of paper with us you know targets or goals or anything like that at this point i mean we have a few rough ideas in our head at times with things but generally we you know when we put up extra dates for trips or something it's usually a quick call where it's like you want to try another one let's do it <laughs> uh yeah for sure yesterday i spent the day mapping out okay how do we combine this to run x number of trips you know we got we're going from about 15 trips in 2014 to about 50 trips in 2015 and 2016 is looking fat and juicy and so yeah we know what revenue goals we're trying to go after so I don't want anybody to think that we don't have any goals but um, we want to pay this forward we want to to you know double quadruple whatever <laughs> however many multiples this is like let's let's keep it going because we have a really good thing but keep a boutique keep it uh with that <clears throat> personal feel because i think we can scale something that's really special yeah no i i totally agree and i think we've already seen that from again the community of just it, it's amazing to see what people say and, and the friends we've made just through the trips and people who have come on them whether they are now part of the team or just people were we're hanging out with and staying in touch with and talk to um it, it already is something special and it's just you know hoping to keep expanding that and bringing more people into the uh you know into that crowd because it's just uh it's been awesome and 
hopefully it keeps going that way. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you to anybody who's listening who's been on a trip with under 30 experiences, who's read our blog, who's tweeted anything. Um, <clears throat> it's a really big deal. To bring this whole full cir circle, Grammy is calling me right now for dinner. And uh, it's in. Does, it's, does it's, she know what's going on here? <laughs> it, no, sh I'm not sure, but uh, you know, your grandma used to come down around 4:30 every night when we were working in the basement. What's for dinner, Matt? Are you gonna be staying for dinner? I'm making <laughs> meatloaf. Uh, so Grammy's calling me. I gotta run, but uh, this has been a really fun hour, dude. Definitely, man. I've enjoyed uh, staying at your, staring at your classic Skype uh, picture and your little short haircut and winter coat from wherever this uh, throwback original online profile pic is from. <laughs> wow. Okay. I hope we upload that uh, in the in the show notes. Um, <laughs> all right, man. You know Grammy's going to start swearing at me. You know how she is, so I got to roll. But uh, yeah, I'll hit you up tomorrow. Let's keep doing what we're doing. And thank you guys to anybody who is who's out there listening right now. We really appreciate it. All right, man. Yeah, thanks, everyone. <laughs> All right, later.